Without doubt, one of the hot topics in the last year in medical aesthetics has been ultrasound. I've recently bought one, and my ultrasound cost nearly as much as many people would expect to spend on training in their first couple of years. So it's no easy decision for a small practice to make. I've decided to buy one, but that doesn't mean that you should. We need to figure out, is ultrasound going to become an essential part of every practice? Are they just a tool for the inquisitive? Worse still, maybe a status symbol designed to demonstrate who's top dog without actually making any material difference to the average patient? Will you need one just to keep up with the rest? Or will patients start to demand scans in order to actually feel safe? How should the small, single-handed practice decide whether or not your next move is to buy an ultrasound scanner? That's what we're discussing today in the Aesthetics Mastery Show. Okay, so I've recently bought a Clarius L20 and have been scanning myself and my children, my wife and anyone else will keep still and I'll be scanning my patients later this week and I'm very excited about all the learning that lies ahead. If you love anatomy, they are certainly educational and great fun, but how should you decide? So I'm going to come at this today from the angle of trying to help a small independent practice. So I know some of the people who watch this have multiple clinicians and you have millions of pounds of turnover, but the average clinician is independent. They've got to make very careful decisions with a small business. So I'm not going to make a case for you to buy one or not buy one, but I am going to try and make it clear how I would make the decision from your perspective. It's easy to make a case that if you can see what's under the skin, you will be safer but it's actually quite possible that the marginal increase in safety is not worth it for the patients at the end who will have to pay for it in some form. One of the hardest discussions to have is how to allocate resources with respect to safety. Many practitioners would argue for zero tolerance risk, but of course this is impossible. Unless you never inject again, every decision is a cost-benefit analysis, even if it's a safety step. So of course, most of the practitioners who have already bought one or who are training other people to use them will tell you that it is of huge benefit. And that may be because of their experience. It could also be because of their business model. And it could also be because they are incentivized to say that or because of cognitive dissonance, that perplexing way that humans change their beliefs in order to be comfortable with the reality that they have created for themselves. I wanted to share how I would tackle this question as logically as I can. I'll attempt to analyze these questions from first principles. So first, it's important to say that it's not just a question of if they are useful. If you have unlimited resources, it's easy, just buy one. Double your appointment time, increase your prices, halve your profitability, but enjoy scanning every patient that you meet. You will certainly learn a lot, I'm sure. That's not how most of us can make the decision. So we need to be able to make an educated guesstimate of what the real world benefit to our patients or to our business practice actually is. So what is the return on investment? It could be time, money, or peace of mind, but we need to figure out specifically what we're hoping to get in return for such a big investment. Let's consider some scenarios. So what are the specific situations in which ultrasound could meaningfully benefit your patient or you, and how frequent are these situations? Here's what I'll be looking out for in the coming months as I get experience with my scanner. First of all, I want to discover how frequent dangerous anatomy really is. Every face is unique, the arteries are always different and often strikingly so, but this on its own is not enough to warrant recommending scanning every patient. I have a clear rationale for every injection that I make. What would most easily justify an ultrasound for everyone is if my rationale for injecting strategy is regularly disproven by ultrasound, 
by discovering dangerous aberrant anatomy. So consider for, as an example the piriform fossa. The rationale for my injection here is built around my understanding that none of the three nearby arteries are found at the level of the periosteum. The angular artery runs in the fatty layer significantly more superficial to the needle tip. The infraorbital artery should be significantly superior to my injection site and the labial artery is significantly inferior. Finding that the arteries are more lateral or more medial or more numerous than I thought would be fascinating, but it would not actually destroy my rationale for where I inject, which is based largely on depth. For this to happen, I would need to fairly frequently discover that the arteries lie exactly where I believe they shouldn't be and precisely where my needle tip might be. And if that was to happen regularly, and I'd say that only means needs to be over about 1% of cases, that would make me want to scan every patient that I treat. The next thing to consider is that these unusual anomalies should be best detected by ultrasound. Take for example the case of persistently patent labial arteries. They are present in the mucosa of the lip body in around 3% of patients. These arteries are considered anomalies and may be easily identifiable by looking and palpating prior to injection. To make a logical decision on whether or not we would need ultrasound, you would need to be certain that the best test was ultrasound and that very few cases would be missed if you used an ultrasound compared with many more cases using the physical examination. When I discussed this with Julie Horn recently, she shared with me the routine habit that she has of inspecting the inferior side of the lip and finding aberrant anatomy in about two out of 50 cases, which was exactly the number reported in a study of persistent labial artery, suggesting at least anecdotally that we can find these arteries very well without ultrasound. The next way you could assess the need for an ultrasound might be through looking at your experience with vascular occlusions. So I've been injecting for around 12 or 13 years now and I have had one vascular occlusion with me injecting and a second vascular occlusion with a trainee injecting. In both cases it was the inferior labial artery which was affected. A good question could be how would ultrasound have affected the outcome? If both of these cases were in the inferior labial artery with a horizontal injection relatively superficially, I'm fairly certain an ultrasound would have detected that artery prior to injecting. So I may have avoided the artery in the first place. The second element is what was the actual outcome for the patient. Now thankfully both vascular occlusions were diagnosed and dissolved immediately with no necrotic injury occurring. And of the seven VOs my team at SkinViva have had, we've all identified and treated the vascular occlusion without any necrotic injury occurring. These included a nose, chin, temple and lips. It's feasible that ultrasound probably would have picked up all of those arteries reducing the risk of emergency reversal. However, the end result would be similar because none of those patients had a necrotic injury. Here are some other reasons why you might consider getting an ultrasound. The more you inject, the more frequently you will be asked to inject in more dangerous places, particularly for niche aesthetic concerns. So if a patient was to ask me to inject a lateral part of their nose, say for example they had a very narrow nasion and I wanted to make that broader, it would be the kind of area that would make me pretty nervous injecting without ultrasound guidance because the arteries tend to run exactly where you might want to inject to widen a nose. So this is one of the clearest examples of where there may be a return on investment for certain practitioners. I happen to know that there are many practitioners who don't even do non-surgical rhinoplasty because they personally struggle with the risk associated. That's not to say there's necessarily high risk, but they, they feel unsafe doing it. They, they lose sleep over it. And this might be one of those examples where you can open up a whole new area of the face that can be treated. If you had an ultrasound machine, you'd get a return 
within probably 70 procedures you would have paid for that ultrasound machine and you'll be able to treat more of the face. The next example would be managing complex vascular occlusions. Now within my own practice, excluding all the practitioners around the world who I have been involved with cases through, I've never needed an ultrasound to dissolve a vascular occlusion. All of the seven we've had in the clinic were dealt with in the normal way. But I have been involved with cases where that seemed difficult to ascertain exactly where the occlusion was. So there may be patchy delay in capillary refill and having an ultrasound to locate exactly where the blockages are could be particularly useful. If you've been in that situation, it may be a reason for you to get a, an ultrasound. But also if you happen to be involved with a network, much larger network of clinicians where they are constantly asking for help and support, it could be helpful then at least for your local clinicians um, if you're supporting them that you have an ultrasound. If you treat many darker skin patients, it might be a very good investment for reassurance of those patients and making sure that you never miss a patient with a delayed capillary refill simply because they have darker skin. The next indication I believe is differentiating between hematomas and vascular occlusions. Now I must say I've very rarely been in the situation when I couldn't tell the difference between a hematoma and a vascular occlusion on my patients. But it is something that seems to happen a lot on forums where clinicians are uncertain what the cause of the delay in their refill time is. Having a, an ultrasound on hand in these situations could be valuable, but you have to reflect how many times has this happened in your practice and how many times would it have been the deciding factor. I also think ultrasound could be very useful for diagnosing lumps, bumps and nodules and then perhaps reversing them under ultrasound. I've certainly seen a few cases where treating a lump or a bump was more easily done by using an ultrasound because you could penetrate through the bump and dissolve the filler inside when it had already been encapsulated possibly due to some reactive process. Similarly, it's useful for dissolving in high-risk areas. So you may want to do, use an ultrasound if you want to dissolve filler that's behind the orbital septum. This is not as rare as you might think. I'm certainly aware of several patients who are trying to book in with me after some of my lectures on this topic. And I would feel much safer doing this under ultrasound to make sure that you're a long way from the globe and that you're actually getting into the place where the filler is. The next indication I think to buy an ultrasound machine would be simply if you're interested in education. I do think from an educational perspective they are hugely valuable because you can make it really real to the people who you're training what exactly is going on underneath the skin uh, and that I think is invaluable. So that might be a reason on its own even if you don't think it's particularly going to change the risk profile for your normal aesthetic practice. Finally, I know that there is a cohort of practitioners who are paralyzed with fear, unable to practice due to the theoretical knowledge not actually making a difference to how they feel when they stick the needle in. I wonder how many would feel much safer if they could see the needle, at least for a few cases, under ultrasound guidance and see that it wasn't near the artery, really confirm in their own mind where the anatomy is when they're injecting, and it might then free them to actually go forth and achieve their potential. So that might be another reason to use an ultrasound. So why did I buy mine? For me, it's partly around curiosity and study. It really is fascinating seeing what's really happening versus what you're imagining happening under the skin. Um, I think it's useful for a larger clinic to have it for some of the rarer complications we're likely to see, especially through the training school at SkinViva as well. And then of course, it's important to keep up with the trends in education. This is The education is my main focus. So I think by regularly scanning my patients, I'm either going to confirm what I believe I already know, or perhaps 
com completely destroy what I know and learn something completely new because we all have little assumptions in our mind that the reality may not match up to and we can keep assuming for many decades uh, until you actually look beneath the skin. So for me, it's going to be a voyage of discovery, seeing what the anatomy really is, and uh, I will share that with many of you via the forums that we run. So those are my reasons for buying it, but my position is almost certainly not the same as yours. So where are you at the moment? Do you think this is something that you want to get in the next few years? Are you definitely not getting one, or are you definitely buying one as soon as possible? Let us know in the comments down below. Mm -hmm.